0: Again, friends, And welcome back to another edition of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast. I am the great Brian Last, and it's my pleasure to be with you once again as we look at Mid-South Wrestling Television from July 31st, 1982, which was taped on July 21st, 1982 in Shreveport, Louisiana. But before we get going any further, the man who joins me each and every week, you know him from booking the territory, as well as whatever other minor crimes he committed as a menace to society. Mike Mills. Mike, we have another good week of Mid-South Wrestling here.
1: I assure you I committed no minor crimes of any sort, or major at that. So let me clarify. Damn, I almost set myself up there. Uh, I am looking forward to this week. We got uh, another fun little episode. Again, I mentioned this in the last few weeks. You know, things are kind of simmering down a little bit, and I don't think that's a bad thing because at the end of the day, you can't hotshot things, so you have those peaks and valleys, and that's what kind of keeps the territory, in my view, moving along rather smoothly. Um, and there's some things that are actually happening now, that to me set up the later part of the year. I mean, we've already gone through the dog and J-Y-D, or the dog and JYD, JYD and Ted DiBiase type uh, angle, but that's continuing to play out. But there are some other things related to Ted DiBiase that are going to play out in the next few weeks, and uh, they set things up. Let me just say it like that.
0: That's a good way of putting it. They set things up. This is also the first time we get to see Ted DiBiase and Jim Duggan, the future Rat Pack, team up here on the show. But um, one thing I think we should mention here at the top, This is July 31st, 1982. The episode from the week before has vanished. And what I mean is, it's not on the WWE Network. Now, usually Mike and I do not rely on the WWE Network. We have our own files, sometimes on video, sometimes digital files, of all the Mid-South episodes. That's how we're able to play you stuff with the original audio where it's appropriate. We do not have the episode from the week before this. I called around, I asked various people, tape collectors, Roy Luscher, who usually has everything. No one can locate the episode from the week before, so there's a few clips during this episode that were on that previous episode, but I can't even find the results from the TV taping. Usually with the TV taping results, I have the entire show. It's usually two episodes taped back to back. I only have the one, this one. I don't have the week before, so an interesting situation we're right here, Mike, where are missing an episode.
1: Yeah, July twenty fourth episode is is known as, uh, in my opinion, at least what Mike Mills calls it, the lost episode. We believe, Uh, but the good news is we get to see the important happenings from the previous week. So while it's the quote unquote lost episode, I think the things that were impactful in that episode, you know, Watts does a good job of of summarizing, and we get some recaps of it with like Mike Sharp and One Man Gang, and also Ted DiBiase and Buck Robley. So. We don't have the episode to actually do for you, and that's why we're jumping from two weeks ago to now. Uh, But at the end of the day, I think what we mentioned in the recaps and uh, what Watts covers in the recaps will do you well to know what exactly happened, which would have been of importance on the July 24th episode.
0: And we get a really interesting opening here. You know, each week we play the opening with Boyd Pierce and whoever's next to him, usually Bill Watts. And this time, Watts, we get classic Watts, Mike, because he doesn't just talk about wrestling. Some geopolitical thoughts from Bill Watts here at the opening of the show, and why don't we just cut to the chase and play that right now.
2: A lot of exciting action coming up. The Louisiana heavyweight title will be on the line on television this week as Killer Khan from Mongolia defends that belt against the challenge of Canada's Iron Mike Sharp. The fine star from Colorado and football player for the University of Oklahoma Sooners, the big man Steve Dr. Death Williams is back. Mr. Olympia is here. Also, the one-man gang takes on not one, but two opponents in the handicap match. It all adds up to a lot of great expected action and excitement, and of course, to make it that way, the man who can break it down, and we all can understand it, our guest commentator, Cowboy Bill Watts.
3: Well, thank you, boy, Pierce. Before we get going with the events today here on Mid-South Wrestling Matchmaker, Grizzly Smith has done another outstanding job. I'd like to digress for a second. I was very proud of a get together the 31st of July at my home in Bixby, Oklahoma. As a lot of you know, I'm married to a very beautiful lady, probably the most important thing in my life. And she's from Estonia. Now, those of you that are not familiar with Estonia, Estonia was absorbed as so many satellite countries have been by Russia. And not because they voted to be that way, because they were forced. And she and her family hid in the basement of their own home from the Russians for over a year and escaped to Germany. Her father died in the German DP camps. It's a long, long story. But they celebrated the first Yanipev at my home in Bigsby. And that's a midsummer celebration. And it was wonderful to see all these people that escaped from that country. Living here in the United States is so proud of this country, but also it certainly Echoes President Reagan and those of them that have dealt with Russia's feelings that we have to have a strong United States or we'll be absorbed by Russia, just as the Estonian people and all their leaders were taken practically overnight to Siberia and disappeared from the face of the earth. So it was really a proud occasion for me to be at that occasion at our home. Now, then. Let's get back to the wrestling wars and these are wars that are ongoing and of course I guess the biggest disappointment for matchmaker Grizzly Smith today is a junkyard dog is not here to wrestle. He said he'd make interviews. He said he'll wrestle in any arena that Grizzly Smith assigns he and Mr. Olympia to defend the Mid-South tag titles or he'll wrestle in any arena where he has a match with Ted DiBiase but he will not wrestle again on television in the Mid-South TV network until he has a signed match here on TV with Ted DiBiase, and DiBiase, on the other hand, has refused to wrestle the Junkyard Dog on TV, so Grizzly Smith's still in the middle of a hot potato negotiation, but let's go to the ring, and Reese Bowden, and the Mississippi heavyweight champion, the tag partner of the Junkyard Dog, Mr. Olympia, and for that first great bout.
0: Well, there we have some classic Bill Watts. We'll get into the stuff about the dog in a second, but all about the Russians swallowing Estonia and all the satellite countries, and President Reagan was right. Very timely, if you consider what Russia has been trying to do throughout the world for the last, well, for the entire run of Vladimir Putin as their leader, but I don't know what spurred this. Obviously, he had this party at his house with his wife, and he decided, you know, I need to say something at the beginning of my show. Usually, it's like sprinkled in throughout the matches. At the beginning of my show, I have to make a comment about this.
1: Uh, you know, I, I, today I believe that we make everything political and I think we're inundated with so much information and, and a lot of times politics, it drives me up a wall and I'm not here to debate, you know, Republican Democrat. What I mean is like, I feel like in today's environment, we can never walk away from, we can't turn the TV on without, without being reminded of, of, of the political realm in today's day and 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 I feel like back in the day, it wasn't like that. And then. Where I'm going with this, like in the opening five minutes of Mid South Television, Bill Watts is giving his geopolitical opinion, and I'm just thinking to myself, well, maybe, maybe it was talked about a lot, and maybe I just was a kid and didn't give a damn back then. But that's my thoughts on it. Of like, I don't know what spurred this on at this moment, but. Bill Watts definitely uh, felt the need to to mention it at the top of his program and uh, right before he goes into the important stuff with uh, JYD and working on Mid-South TV and Ted DiBiase and everything going on there.
0: And this will be a theme throughout this show and next week's show, and you'll hear more about it. The Junkyard Dog refuses to wrestle on TV until he gets his hands on Ted DiBiase. What do you think about that? That's a really interesting way of doing it, where you're saying, he's here, he'll do the interviews, but he won't wrestle until he gets that title match against DiBiase.
1: So, I've, uh, you know, being a fan of Jim Cornette for as many years as I've been a fan of his and listening to all his shows and his take on the pro wrestling game, Jim always says, and I know you've heard this before, Brian, how can I miss you if you never go away? Well, Dog isn't really going away here, but I do like the fact that you. You, quote, you take him off of TV for a few weeks, as, and it goes along with the storyline. And I know he, isn't, he hasn't, like, quote-unquote, left the territory for a year or so at this point. But my point is, you take him off of television, and now he's not here after everything we've been through. And I just think it makes the fans, who already love the dog, I mean, he's a top babyface, it just makes him want him more. I mean, I know as a kid, when JYD didn't appear on, on, that, on Saturday afternoon on Mid-South on Channel 26, I was disappointed. But it just made me want to see him not much more, if not the next week, the week after, or the week after. So I think it goes along well with the storyline. You know, Dog has stated he will not be working on Mid-South TV unless he gets a chance at DiBiase. But DiBiase is basically refusing to fight the Dog. So I think it works. And again, how can I miss you if you never go away? Not that he's going away long term, but— he ain't here. You know, he'll, he may do an interview. We don't know that for a fact, but he may do an interview. But other than that, he's not on our television and he's not wrestling. And if you think about it, Brian, one of the things about Mid-South was you, you generally saw Dog a lot in some competitive matches on Mid-South TV. So this is a pretty big deal that he's not here.
0: That's right. And from there, Mike, we open up with the first match on this program, Mr. Olympia, the Mississippi State champion versus Billy, the star child star. There's not much to say about this match. The usual suspects are at ringside. Hank, back where he usually sits next to who I think has to be his wife. The woman next to him has to be his wife because she's the only one he actively talks to during these shows. But uh, they're there. Rick Ferreira, the referee, has a new outfit, a rather flashy outfit for a Mid-South wrestling referee. Alfred Neely keeps his traditional referee garb. And... The one thing that I thought really stood out watching this match is, one, Mr. Olympia is really over, and two, he's really good. And I know a lot of people talk about that. Jerry Stubbs was a great wrestler, but when you watch him here, he was just so smooth. He had a great look. The people are into him. He's one of the guys that I think, if you look at the 1980s, should have been a bigger star. Not that he wasn't already a big star, because he was a huge star in Southeastern and Continental, but Jerry Stubbs, and I know Carl Stern, is gonna really love me saying this, but he really looks tremendous in there.
1: Olympia is fantastic. I mean, he, he there's, you know, again, watching guys like him in the grappler, you're just in at awe watching them. They're everything they do. Is uh, And I say this often, this is crisp, clean, looks good, impactful, no wasted movements. I mean, I hear Cornette say things like that all the time, you know, no wasted movements, everything they do matters. And it looks good. There's nothing that you look and go, ah, that look like shit. Well, crap. (laughs) Um, But Everything he does looks good. He's just a he's a really, really, really good professional wrestler. There's no other way to say it. And and the 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 gimmick I guess he had back then too. I mean, that the mask and Mister Olympia, a little bit of mystery there. I loved it. I mean, he was he was one of the first mask wrestlers I ever remember, if not the first. But uh, him and grappler that is. And I just thought he he looked he looked really good, man. He's a he's a fantastic wrestler. No other way to say it.
0: Mr. Olympia wins with a sleeper on Billy the Star Child Star, who is a rather entertaining undercard guy for several weeks now here in Mid-South. I enjoy seeing him in there. He always gets a little bit of a reaction. He interacts with the fans by yelling a little bit. Fun guy to have on the show. Mr. Olympia once again wins with the sleeper. And from there, we get Steve Dr. Death Williams versus Mike Bond with Alfred Neely as the referee. Bill Watts says during commentary a couple things. One, He points out how his son Micah, who's 12, and his son Eric, who's 14, love Steve Williams. They worked out with him, and now they're, I think he says Micah just competed and came in second in a big amateur wrestling contest. And then he talks about, and I think we read this result last time on the show, Mike, that recently Andre the Giant and Steve Dr. Death Williams teamed up in Oklahoma City against Big John Studd and the Super Destroyer. And according to Bill Watts here, it was the biggest crowd they had ever had up to that point. In Oklahoma City, I found that really interesting.
1: That was interesting when he when he mentioned that. Um, you know, again, first mentioning the kids, but when he mentioned the the Andre deal, it was like, I mean, can you imagine this guy's been in pro wrestling only for like a couple of months at this point? And he's in there, he's teaming with Andre. I I can't imagine, man, how how that how he must have felt. One, and then uh, just of course, you know, it, it would have been a dream of his because didn't they say it was in Oklahoma? Because I remember you we went over the results, Oklahoma but- City. Yeah. So he's in Oklahoma City. He's tagging with Andre against Destroyer and Super Destroyer and John Studd. What a moment for a very, very young Dr. Death Steve Williams in front of a very, very large crowd. I just, I can only imagine how Dr. Death felt right there.
0: An interesting thing I noticed during this match is that when he gets introduced, he does get a few boos, mostly cheers because they've been building him up as a baby face, but I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because he's wearing the Oklahoma outfit. I don't know if it's because of the way he looks,
1: but he does get a few boos. Have you noticed that? Uh, he's not. I, I haven't noticed the boos, but I mean, he hasn't been getting like the the ovation that you'd expect, I guess, a baby face to get. But again, we're 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 also spoiled by like the attention that dog gets as a baby face, which nobody's going to get a reaction like him or even like a Mike Sharp gets a good reaction uh, in general. But I I, I just think it's attributed to him being so new. And I mean, he's again, we've talked about the matches he's had, man. I mean, it's he's not really doing a whole lot. He's hesitant. I think that's part of the hesitancy you see with the fans and taking to them at this point. Steve Williams wins with the Oklahoma
0: Stampede, which Bill Watts proudly points out is his move, and this is his protege. And from there, boy, we're going through this episode fast. (laughs) Mike, from there, we get a handicap match. The one-man gang with General Skandar Akbar against Joe Stark and David Price, not the pitcher David Price, a different David Price, with Alfred Neely as the referee. And we have a little bit of audio we'll play during this match to explain exactly what's going on with Akbar. Again, we missed last week's show. We'll have some recaps. But Akbar has a neck brace on. Why? We'll find out right here. Let's hear what Bill Watts has to say about that. And then we'll come back on the other side and talk more about this match.
3: Boy, Pierce, I noticed Akbar is wearing a new collar, and it's not a shirt collar, it's a collar around his neck to give it some support. I guess it's still bothering him after. Iron Mike Sharp drilled him here last week on Mid-South Wrestling. You know, the funny thing is that Akbar himself had had his attorneys defeat the injunction that Charlie Lay had barring the pile driver due to the danger of that hole and the injuries caused by it. And the one man gang had been perfecting it, a man 454 pounds. And when he tried to put it on Mike Sharp, Mike Sharp powered out of it. And then Akbar got in the melee and Akbar is the one that got pile driven. Much to the crowd's delight. And of course, the one-man gang now against two men as a general's trying to regain some prestige. His prestige taking a low blow, and it could take even a worse dip because the following match is the big man Iron Mike Sharp against Killer Khan, the Mongolian, in a Louisiana tag bout. Of course, Akbar is really worried about that. He wants to be right on the scene to direct the Mongolian be sure that he retains that title. One-man gang hammering away. Like you say, two against one, but it's still not exactly even when the one weighs 454 pounds.
0: I assume he means Louisiana title match, not a Louisiana tag match in the Killer Con versus Mike Sharp match coming up. But interesting stuff there, Mike. Again, we missed last week's episode. Akbar has successfully been able to get the pile driver legalized in Mid-South Wrestling, and apparently the one-man gang is using it now.
1: Yeah, he got him. Got it to legalize. I I love the terminology because it makes me think about Smoky Mountain wrestling. I oftentimes hear Cornette talk about an injunction, and I I can only imagine. I think he stole it from here, if not from some other territory. But um, yeah, he's gotten it legalized and. The best part about it is it's going to be used against him. And that's what I love the most. But definitely, um, you know, we'll, we'll get to see too Akbar getting pile driven, even though we didn't. Well, you know, we hear about it, but we'll, we'll get to see it as well. So uh, but still interesting nonetheless that the gang was using it and it was legalized, but it will be used against Akbar uh, as Watts explained the the brace that Akbar had on his neck.
0: There he is, the spoiler, Mike Mills, here on the program. (laughs) One-Man Gang wins with a pile driver on David Price. And from there, we get a recap of last week's show of the One-Man Gang and Iron Mike Sharp in the ring. We'll play this audio. It's going to be a few minutes, but I do want to mention one thing here. You're going to notice that Iron Mike Sharp really gets the crowd going. They really get behind him, and it's kind of cool to watch because They've been spending so much time for the last few months building up that Iron Mike Sharp's in great shape, that he's a very strong man. He does all these power moves on the gang, and the crowd loves it. Let's go to this audio. Right now, it'll be Bill Watson, Boy Pierce setting it up, and then audio from what transpired last week on the missing episode.
3: You know, Boy Pierce, in any sport or any business, there's a lot of ways to gain the advantage, and a lot of the scenes. Behind the scenes manipulation that has done is to secure that advantage and of course Skandar Akbar Thought he'd really gotten a big stroke when he had stopped charlie lays injunction against a pile driver Because he had a man 454 pounds that could be devastating with it The I mean, Iron Mike Sharp, a youngster. We've always liked we've watched him train. He's in top condition was against the one-man gang And this kid from Canada who said that he's watched DiBiase and these guys take advantage of people and he's been taken advantage of, and he's just fed up to the gills with it. He went out and turned the tables on Skandar Akbar, and Akbar is the one that felt the bite of the pile driver. It was with a lot of joy we got to watch that. Let's rejoin those final moments that happened here on Mid-South Wrestling Network last week. My goodness, boy, Pierce Sharp. Can, he's got clear running. He's got the gang off his feet. He's got 454 pounds in the air and in a, in a tremendous bear hug. What a feet of strength for this powerful young man from Canada. So well-liked by the fans. The one-man gang resorts to an illegal tactic there. Trying to capitalize. Mike Sharp slammed the one-man gang. Boyd Pierce, I've not seen anybody except the junkyard dog. Now, Agbar pulled his foot over the rope and Sharp is after him. Sharp fed up. He's going after Akbar. Akbar saved the man from the fall. Neely cutting him out of there. The gang intercepted Mike Sharp. Maybe Sharp's trying to get to is gonna cost him there. Agbar's telling him to pick him up and pile drive him. Agbar wants Sharp hurt. There the gang goes with that vicious pile driver. That could be the end of Sharp's career. Sharp got out of it. Ralph Neely, the referee giving him a 10 count. Sharp staggering over, stunned. Agbar swung at him. Sharp pulled Agbar into the ring. Mike Sharp pulled Agbar to the ring, with that cost him a moment ago. Neely signifies a disqualification, but Mike Sharp, he's not listening to that bell. Boyd Pierce, he's not. Mike Sharp's got Agbar in a power Boyd. Mike Sharp just power right. Listen to that crowd. He power right, scanned our Agbar. Neely signifies the disqualification because Akbar's interference. He's lifted Mike Sharp's hand in victory. And Akbar's pile driver, the one he spent thousands of dollars to get legally reinstated, has just been used against the general of the army. Well, boy appears to say that Skandar Akbar was livid with rage after recovering from that pile drive was a mild understatement. And he's sworn to get revenge. And he's brought the number one man, the Louisiana champion, Killer Khan and put the title up to get Iron Mike Sharp in the ring. And that's the match we have waiting for us now. Let's go to Reese from Bowden.
0: Well, there it is. And actually, that match, I kind of wish we had the whole match because it looked kind of cool because you get to see the one-man gang against a guy who can throw him around a little bit because he is strong enough, and the fans react to it, not as much as Bill Watts, screaming every time <laughs> one-man gang does anything like body slam the one-man ga- uh, Excuse me, Mike Sharp does anything like body slam the one-man gang. But Akbar gets pile-driven, does a great job selling it, for some reason, Mike Sharp decides to try to pin Akbar, but even now, for Neely, who has messed up so many times, is going, "eh, that's not how this works," and he raises his hand to say, "Look, we're just going to end this right now." But really, cool—the pile driver is now legalized, and Mike Sharp has demonstrated just how strong he is.
1: I, I love the psychology of it because the pile driver is not banned, and Akbar uses uh, political strings to make sure it was, you know, acceptable. And now, all of a sudden, while... Akbar the heel thought he was being so smart getting it accepted and now you know it can't it's not banned well what happens is it's used against the very man who allowed it to or or got the ball rolling so that it can be used and Watts was like ridiculously exciting <laughs> throughout that segment. Akbar, up pile drive. Akbar. I mean, he's going nuts as, as sharp pile drives Akbar. And, um, I agree. Akbar sold it so well. Very, very enjoyable segment. Wish we got the whole match, but unfortunately we only get the, the, the small part of it. But the great part about that, what they showed is, it sets up the Louisiana title match uh, up next between Killer Khan and Mike Sharp. So just a nice little bit of uh, programming right there with the with the promotion and, and setting things up for the title match that we're getting ready to do.
0: It sets it up perfectly, and that's where we go. The Louisiana State champion Killer Khan with General Skandar Akbar versus Iron Mike Sharp with Alfred Neely as the referee. Mike, I could be wrong, but this is the first time that we have, I think, seen one referee do more than one match in a row let alone three matches in a row alfred neely has done the last three matches counting this one so uh the referee shortage continues in mid-south wrestling <laughs> we have a little bit of audio we're going to play here of the finish of the match of closing moments of the match where something happens once again let's go to this audio right now
3: killer con and mike sharper Sharp pummeling away, driving it into Killer Khan with a powerful shoulders. Thrust kick by Khan. Khan caught Sharp in the throat with a thrust kick. Akbar is telling him to finish him off. Slam, and the Killer Khan goes up for the coup de gras. High in the air, Sharp. Sharp got out of the way. Sharp sustained himself fighting off every onslaught by the vicious Mongolian. And Akbar is upset with that one. Mike Sharp going for the pile driver. Mike Sharp going for the pile driver. And Akbar comes in and intentionally gets disqualified to save that title. But Mike Sharp retaliates and he starts whacking Akbar. He's punishing Akbar. Akbar intentionally got disqualified by coming in the ring to save that title. Killer Khan, whoa, Killer Khan is Mike Sharp. That would have been a disqualification, but Akbar had already been disqualified for interference. And Mike Sharp, Mike Sharp has got he Akbar the back drive. in the pile driver, again in the pile driver. Boyd Pierce, Mike Sharp has really it out to the general. The general is flat on his back. Keller Khan flat, and Mike Sharp, the winner by disqualification. The title does not change hands, but what's more important is Mike Sharp has taken the measure of Skandar Akbar's army. That means we'll have standby matches, and they'll be coming up. Mike Sharp taking the belt. The belt does not change hands, Boyd Pierce, but he's won a great moral victory.
0: Stay with us. We'll be right back. Okay, there's a lot to say there. The crowd goes nuts once again, just like Bill Watts Mm -hmm. does. The most interesting thing about the whole segment may be, go back and watch this. When he hits that pile driver the second week in a row, he pile drives Akbar, Hank, in the front row, the man in the cowboy hat, gets the biggest smile on his face. It's the first time we have truly seen him enjoy something with the rest of the people going crazy at ringside. Go back and watch that. And then the other interesting thing is, Risa Bowden, for reasons I haven't figured out yet, is standing at the corner of the ring holding the belt up for who? I don't know. The champion's been thrown out of the ring. Akbar's down. Clearly Mike Sharp, despite the fact that once again, he pile drove Akbar and tried to pin him. And even Rick Ferreira's like, what are you doing? No one there was the person to be given the belt to, but Reese is standing there holding the belt until Mike Sharp does in fact take the belt.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't mean laugh, but I don't know what else I'm going to add to this other than you're absolutely correct. Hank actually reacted, although it wasn't a big reaction. He still reacted more than normal. Otherwise, he usually sits there like a frog on a log. Uh, so he reacted. Um, Akbar sells that 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 drivers <laughs> again had me laughing. I agree. Uh, Reese Biden just didn't know what was going on, and he just decided to come just stand there with the belt to which. Credit Mike Sharp because he reacted to Reesor. He grabs the belt out of Reese's hand as Reese's outside of the ring by the corner, and Sharp grabs it and holds it up. And what did the fans do, Brian? They went nuts. They they were like, even though he didn't win, they enjoyed it. It went crazy. So I, I thought that was a nice little ad lib on Mike Sharp's uh, Mike Sharp's part. Let me get that out right. I enjoyed this. This was uh, it's just fun. Agbar pile-driven again. So now it's come back to bite him in the butt twice.
0: From there, we move on to another match. There's not much to say about this. The hangman Rick Harris versus Rick McCord, or Rick Ferreira as the referee. Rick Harris wins with his hangman, that maneuver. I have no other notes. Do you have any notes about this, Mike?
1: No, just Watts does say, you know, JYD will not be appearing on TV until DiBiase gives him a title match again, and DiBiase is refusing to give him a title match, and that's about it. He does say, Watts does say, JYD will be at live events, but not TV. Other than that, this match was quick, and uh, like you said, Rick Hangman Harris won.
0: From there, we get a match, a tag team match, with Rick Ferreira once again as a referee. Now he has two matches in a row. Ted DiBiase, the North American champion, and Hacksaw Duggan teaming up for the very first time and boy what a history these two have in mid-south wrestling against jesse barr who has a nice haircut and Vinny romeo who does not know how to run the ropes or take a body slam and we'll play a little bit of audio and then we'll talk a little bit more about this match in a moment let's go to some audio right here of the finish of the match and we'll hear the cowboy and boyd pierce mostly the cowboy
3: you know grizzly smith one thing he could always answer the dog and DiBiase is to sign a title match here on tv DiBiase cannot refuse a title match as the matchmaker and President Charlie Lay say this is the match they want and they can name the site. DiBiase can try some legal maneuvering. That would certainly answer the dog's problem. But also I wonder if DiBiase may be knowing that the dog is going to get some kind of match with him on TV might be forming this team with Hacksaw Dugan in order that the match that's on TV is for the Mid-South Tag Team titles where he could hopefully, he and Dugan, beat Dog and Mr. Olympia for that title, which would almost end the Dog's dominance of Mid-South. A lot of things to wonder. Wow, look at the power of Hacksaw Dugan. As he just takes Vinny Romeo, powers him up, slams him, drives that knee in his back. Dugan, a restless man. Reckless, You wonder if this might be in the back of DiBiase's mind, knowing that sooner or later forces will force he and JYD together here on TV in a match. Now, DiBiase wants that match not for the North American title on TV, but for the Mid-South tag titles. Only Grizzly Smith right now has those answers. Not sure he's in contact with Charlie. Right there. That's what I mean by Dugan not caring. Look at that tactic. DiBiase took Romeo's head and ran it into Dugan's head. Look at Dugan. That wild body block like the Suicide Squad and DiBiase, the figure four. What an awesome team. DiBiase certainly, at this point, knows what he's doing.
2: And DiBiase and Hacksaw Dugan, tag team victors. We still have time remaining. That'll mean the Assassin versus
0: Colonel Buck Robley when we return after this word. Jesse Barr, I thought, looked pretty good in this match, especially the stuff with him and DiBiase, Mike. Vinny Romeo, I know we saw him last time. They said he's from Queens, New York. They said he had previously been in mid south before. Tell me what you thought, but I thought he looked like like he didn't know what he was doing in there. Like every time he got thrown to the ropes, he was like his, he was flailing almost. There was one body slam he took from DiBiase that looked really awkward. He took a really stiff knee from Duggan in the back, like really stiff. At least it looked like it. What did you think? It looked like he didn't know what the hell he was doing in the
1: ring. Sometimes I wonder if like things like uh, what what you're talking about right here is just did he not have familiarity with the guys? Cause that's the other part too. You know, we don't, we don't think about it as much as, as much back then as maybe we do now, but, or maybe it's vice versa. I'm not even sure, but I wonder if like, he just wasn't familiar enough with working with DiBiase and and Duggan that maybe caused um, it to not look as smooth as what it should have. But I agree. Jesse Barr looked a lot better in there than Vinny Romeo. It, but I, I didn't have, I say, as I say that, I didn't really have much. As I watched it, I wasn't really, you know, looking at it for him to have this great show on, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But um Barr, Barr definitely looked a whole lot better, especially in the beginning. You know, he's fired up, you know, nice suplex on Duggan, nice arm drag, belly to belly to Duggan. Jesse Barr was, he, he was really rolling at the very beginning of that, man. it was It was good stuff.
0: From there, we get another recap of something we missed on last week's show. Bill Watts throws to the finish of the previous week's match with Ted DiBiase, the North American champion, and Colonel Buck Robley. Mike, I'll let you talk a little bit about what this is, but why don't we play the clip of Bill Watts throwing to it just so we can hear what he has to say.
3: Well, boy Pierce, one thing about professional wrestling, it's excitement in capital letters. And Colonel Buck Robley seems to always be at the center of that excitement. And last week, right here on Mid-South Wrestling, Colonel Buck Robley went against Ted DiBiase, a knockdown, no-holes bar match were both men trying for supremacy and we didn't have enough television time remaining but it was so exciting we wanted to reshare with the fans at home this match where colonel buck roley had, had the spontaneous backing of mr olympia precious paul ellering iron mike sharp a lot of things happening a lot of undercurrents let's join those final moments
0: so they go to the match from the previous week mike how would you describe what we see here on the show
1: Yeah, yeah. So the the way Watts explained it, um, they use a term that we don't ever hear nowadays. It's um, they they say the the faces are seconding, you know, Roble in there, which means literally either they're being managed or they just have their back. I guess is the better term. Like it's uh, you know, they're looking out for their friend here. But you know, you got Ellering, Olympia, and Sharp. They're all at ringside. I mean, they're like a pack of wild dogs out there trying to make sure you know nothing uh, devious goes down and you know, when they throw to it, DiBiase, immediate, I don't say immediately, but he loads the glove. Uh, DiBiase missed on the punch, but then they run out of time and, you know, we we, we head to the ring for then Robley and Assassin in the next match. But um, I just think that, you know, they they we, we only get the, the last bit of it. So there's really no resolution because it's it's literally like the last, I don't know, 90 seconds of television time.
0: Well, the other cool thing was DiBiase loads the glove and misses and then Robley turns his, his uh, I don't know if I was about to call it a cast, his forearm guard, well, but that's yeah. loaded, and then he misses. So there's no resolution, and that's how Mid-South Wrestling went off the air on the episode that aired originally on the 24th.
1: Which, by the way, I, again, I've, I think I said this either last week or previous week, Robley with that forearm pad that, I don't know, I guess we're to assume it's loaded in some way, shape, or form, because he literally twists it when, when he's ready to freaking yeah. do whatever to somebody. It's like, I kind of like it because... It's the the baby face trying to one-up the heel as the heel was trying to cheat. So, you know, it is what it is. But um, that's a dirty old football forearm pad that Buck Robley likes to wear.
0: As you mentioned from there, we get our final match on this week's show. The Assassin versus Colonel Buck Robley. And I think at this time we should probably point out that you may have noticed, you may not have, Ernie the Big Cat Lad is not on the show. We heard him a couple weeks ago with Junkyard Dog at the end of the show. They were at the desk. Ernie Ladd is gone from Mid-South Wrestling. Buck Robley is the booker here. So that's why Ernie has kind of been phased out, and the Colonel is certainly getting a lot of prominent placement here on Mid-South TV, but you gotta say, he is over. The fans really like him, and Alfred Neely is the referee. Mike, before we play some audio here, any thoughts about this match or Colonel Buck Robley?
1: No, just um, at the very beginning, Watts is, gives a little history of himself, Robley, and the Assassin, and Watts discusses uh, the end of the last match. But the more important thing there was um, Watts just kind of doing a little storytelling with himself, Robley, and the Assassin, and the history that they have. I don't want to really go into it, but um, I just think it's an important note that Watts kind of throws that footnote out there as these two are getting into it.
0: Much like all the babyfaces were around ringside for the previous week's match with Buck Robley versus Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase sitting at ringside, sitting by the corner in a chair, observing this match. Let's go to the audio right now.
3: Buck Robley bearing down. It's just toe-to-toe. doggy and DiBiase cheering on. The assassin is assassins in the advantage position. Neely gets a two count. You see DiBiase excited about it. Less than two minutes airtime left, Boyd Pierce. Last week, there wasn't enough time for the DiBiase and Robley match to gain a completion for either one of them as we went off the air and some tremendous action it looks like these two men are going to both pull out all stops robley ducks it into the sleeper colonel buck robley's got the sleeper on the assassin the assassin knows he's got to make a defensive move right quick or else the air and the blood to the carotid to the brain will be cut off he'd be in a lot of trouble he's trying to get that balance Oh, he just took in flat charge into the referee and Ralph Neely, Alfred Neely is out on the floor and the assassin back in, but Robley's back. But here comes DiBiase and DiBiase just popped Colonel Buck Robley across the back. Now the assassin's going to hold, DiBiase load that glove, but Robley got out of the way, Buck Robley got out of the way, now Buck Robley loading that brace and DiBiase now sees. He's all by himself with Robley. Robley's got him cornered.
2: Fast running out.
3: Fast out. Oh, Robley pushed the assassin. Excuse me, DiBiase pushed the assassin right into Buck Robley's brace. DiBiase shows that nobody is sacred to him when he's in trouble. He's going to let them all out. Now DiBiase on the run, Boyd Pierce. Nobody in the ring except the colonel. Colonel Buck Robley is now clean. King of the squared circle as the assassin who's semi conscious staggers off, and Ted DiBiase ran out. Well, all our time's gone, and we just have time to
2: say, Join us next week. Thank you so much for watching. For Bill Watts, I'm Boyd Pearson. Goodbye, everybody,
0: from Mid South Wrestling. Well, there it is, Mike. A couple notes Alfred Neely took a nasty spill out of the ring. Did you notice that?
1: Yeah, that was like the big thing I had. When when they go falling into him, when Robley has assassin in a sleeper, he, I mean, nearly flail. I mean, he takes a nice bump out. And even the people, because I mean, the seats are right there by ringside. The people on that side, like you see them put their hands on their face, like, oh crap, man, our ref just really took a hard spill. I definitely saw it.
0: And the other thing is, the assassin. Both guys get him with their loaded weapon. Ted DiBiase gets him with the glove. Buck Robley gets him with the cast. The Assassin does not win anything this week here on Mid South Wrestling. And <laughs> with that, we close out another episode of Mid South Wrestling, but we're going to do something real quick here at the end because this is a rather short episode. We want to play a little bit of audio from a few years before this. Mike, you talked about before how Bill Watts went over the history with him and Buck Robley and the Assassin. And of course, the big feud in the summer of 1979 in Mid South Wrestling was. Cowboy Bill Watts and the Colonel Buck Robley versus the Rock Hunter organization with the assassin and the French angel, who we probably know better as Frank Morrell. But we have a promo here. This is from the two-inch tapes that I got from Cowboy Bill Watts many, many years ago that were converted, I don't know, maybe a decade ago, maybe a decade and a half ago. So this audio is from 1979. It is Bill Watts and Colonel Buck Robley with Reese Bowden. Although, much like Boyd Pierce, when you're next to Cowboy Bill Watts, Colonel Buck Robley doesn't get a word in either. But let's go to this promo just so we can put a little bit of context to that feud that Bill Watts has talked about several times in recent weeks.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, it's a pleasure to introduce to you the new Louisiana Tag Team Champions. Cowboy Bill Watts and Buck Robley won these titles from the Assassin and the Angel in Alexandria, Louisiana on June 30th. And Bill, I know that all
3: the wrestling fans are wondering just what does this mean to you and Buck? Well, naturally, it's a great honor, but of course, the reason I came out of retirement was with a dedicated goal and purpose in mind, that's to rid us of the Rock Hunter organization. And it's been a formidable goal against opponents that are strong, they've got a man that's very, very smart, very unscrupulous in their corner, and we've had a lot of setbacks, we've had a lot of victories. But without a doubt, this victory is the most important yet because we have stripped them now of one of the titles, a very prestigious Louisiana Tag Team Championship. They have one other title, the United States Tag Team Championship, and the National Wrestling Alliance and the people that watch television, the people here in the studio, have helped Buck and I get that very important match in the Superdome, and our goal is within range, and it's up to us. We have everything at least on an equal footing. If we can't produce, then it'll be our fault the people are let down because the people and the National Wrestling Alliance, the promoters, and everybody has given us this opportunity, and the first part, the first half of that goal has now been accomplished. But we cannot get complacent, that's for sure, because they got devious, unscrupulous, and a very formidable group of people that are going to try to figure every way they can to beat us. They will do anything they can to keep from losing those titles.
2: Buck Robley and Cowboy Bill Watts, the new Louisiana Tag Team Champions.
0: And there it is, Mike, some classic audio filmed at the KTBS Studios, Channel 3 in Shreveport, Louisiana. And with that, the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review closes for another week. As we wrap things up, I want to remind you, you can hear me on the 605 Super Podcast at 605pod.com or available wherever it is that you find your favorite podcasts, classic wrestling talk, and wrestling humor, the 605 Super Podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at... Great Brian Last, and you can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Twitter at Super Podcasts. Mike, how can the listeners stay in touch with you and booking the territory?
1: Sure, come check us out twice per week Whether you listen to podcasts on iTunes Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Tune TuneIn Radio, wherever it is Just search Booking the Territory Two shows per week One is our NWA Saturday Night Show from the mid-80s The other is our Smoky Mountain Wrestling Recaps Where we cover Jim Cornette's great promotion in the 90s You can find us also Just search tinyurl.com Slash Pod And subscribe and enjoy it We are the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast Because myself, Hardbody Hopper, and Doc Turner each and every week twice per week are just crazy with our shenanigans and we just have a good time discussing old school wrestling and then give me a follow on twitter at mike 504 saints i'd appreciate it other than that this was another fun show brian and i enjoyed doing it with you as um you know we missed we had last week be missed because we didn't have the footage but we still got the recap so a great time this week from the july 31st 1982 episode
0: The Mid-South Wrestling Television Review is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. For Mike Mills, I'm the Great Brian Last. Tally-ho!